0: You're listening to Sports Connections with David Smail, the show that brings you a fun and intimate look into connections throughout sports. Now here's your host, David Smail.
1: Whit Merrifield is maybe the king of being overlooked. In four of his five full seasons with the Kansas City Royals, he has led the American League in at least one offensive category and many times multiple categories. But he's rarely the most talked about player, even on his own team that used to go to Salvador Perez and recently switched to MLB's top prospect, Bobby Witt Jr. process of falling under the radar started when Witt was playing at the University of South Carolina. Even though he was producing, he got bumped from his position by a more highly recruited player. He hit the championship winning hit for South Carolina to clinch the 2010 College World Series title. Yet he was not drafted until the 10th round. When the Royals were charging to the 2015 World Series, they called up a utility man to fill a number of spots. But instead of choosing Merrifield, they chose Adalberto Mondesi, even though Witt's uh, A stats were better than Mondesi's Double A stats. Are, are you sensing a pattern? Well, even though Witt may play with a chip on his shoulder, and we'll get to that in just a second, he also almost, almost always has a smile on his face, which is why we wanted to have him on. So Witt, welcome to Sports Connections. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, do you enjoy playing the game as much as it appears you do? I do. I've always enjoyed
0: sports in general, um, even outside of baseball. Uh, I love competing. Um, I love the constant of struggle of, of trying to get better uh, every every day. There's always room for improvement, and that's a fun challenge for me. And so I, I enjoy it all, and I enjoy being with teammates and camaraderie and um, – all that comes with the job that that we're fortunate to
1: have. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I'm I have a blast every day. I get to put the cleats on. And you know, baseball is so different from most other sports in in the fact that if you're successful three out of ten times, you're a star. Uh, where a lot of other sports, if you're successful half the time, you're average. Uh, is do you enjoy that side of it as well? No, <laughs> no that, that side of <laughs> it.
0: Uh, it's, yeah, it's tough. Baseball's a tough game and it's, it's getting, uh, more and more difficult, uh, as the game evolves, uh, from, from a hitting standpoint. So it's, uh, it's a, it's a constant game of adjustments. It's, uh, there's constant tinkering. There's constant, uh, ways to figure out how pitchers are evolving and and what we can do as hitters to try to combat that. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it could be frustrating at times, um, but there's, there's few things uh, that are as gratifying as, as hitting a baseball in the barrel or watching it sail over the fence, sail into a gap.
1: Um, that, that, that gratification is hard to replicate. Yeah. And I, I didn't mean, do you enjoy the fact that, you know, it's mostly a game of failure? I meant the, the challenge of, of knowing how hard it is even to be, moderately successful. Th- th- that challenge is what I was asking if you enjoyed. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, my, probably my second biggest passion is golf. And so I've, I've,
0: I've picked the two sports that really like to beat you down mentally. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, I,
1: I, I, I tend to enjoy it for some sick reason. I Now, I remember uh, learning about your sense of humor early on. One of the things that struck me your first year was how you referred to Eric Hosmer who was the seasoned veteran as the kid because he was younger I guess he still is younger than you even during your rookie season does that sense of humor help you get through the rough times that come with playing baseball
0: yeah I I mean I don't know I I try not to let baseball affect who I am or how I how I go about you know my life uh it's like, like we talked about earlier, it's such a tough sport. It's such a game of failure. If you let it affect you, you know, it's, it's going to uh, kill your relationships outside of the game. And yeah. so, you know, it's, it's, it's something you gotta, you gotta be lighthearted about. You gotta understand um, how tough this game is and, and that, um, you know, how fortunate we are to be where we are. And um, there's a lot of negativity in the world,
1: you know, these days. And so I try to do my best to, to combat that. Yeah. Now um, I mentioned in the introduction that you may play with a chip on your shoulder. I've never seen that affect how you relate to your teammates. So, I, you know, when I mentioned Mondesi, I don't, I've never seen that you were jealous of Mondesi, but there, but there's just, it seems like there is that chip on your shoulder. You're always trying to prove something. Do you think that's fair to describe your, your play as playing with that chip on your shoulder? Um, yeah, I, I guess so.
0: I, I've uh, I've spent my my baseball career trying to prove to people that I can play this game at a high level yeah. uh, every every step of the way. It's, it seems to have been a struggle despite kind of what I've done on the field. And so uh, I continue to do that, continue to 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 fight those battles. Um, but, you know, it's good motivation uh, it's a good driving factor and um, you know, it's nothing personal. It's just, yeah. I just, I like when I have an opinion about my game, someone else has a different
1: opinion and I like to, I like it when I'm right. <laughs> and, and as I've, I mean, I remember the, their Royals first season. Uh, it was the year I turned 11 and I became an instant Royals fan. So even though I'm a journalist, I'm still a Royals fan, and I like it when you're right, too, because that, that proves that uh, the naysayers were, were wrong. Um, <clears throat> how do you respond when somebody like uh, you know our buddy, our mutual buddy Rex Hudler, uh, comes up with nicknames like Two-Hit-Wit and even calling you by your given name, Whitley? Do, do you enjoy the interaction with the, with the media? Yeah, I do. Um, you know, I think it's
0: important. To, well, first off, two-hit wit came from Mike Sweeney. I will say that. HUD, uh, okay. Hud stole that from Mike Sweeney. So that was a Sweeney deal. And I think it was 15, my first spring training. Okay. Uh, I think you know, he, he gave me that nickname. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's important. You know, the media's is uh, the, the middleman between us and the fans. Um, a little – there's, you know, With social media now, there's a little more availability for us to be directly interacting with the fans, but um, it's important for us to interact with the media because uh, they have their views on the way things are going and the way things are from the outside looking in, um, but a lot of times things aren't as they appear, and it's important for us to have that communication and um, to have that conversation to sort of inform – them of of how things really are and they can you know relay that to to the fans and the people watch it so yeah it's an important relationship and um you know HUD is he's one of a kind so yes yeah. he's a <laughs> he's a fun conversation every time he's around
1: and, and as a member of the other side of that fence um I appreciate it when you know things aren't going well we can still come to you and we talked about Haas earlier we knew you know <clears throat> Or the Royals were the, you know, the favorites to win the American League. That win, lose, good game, bad game, 0 for 4, 3 for 4, we could go to Haas. And not everybody's like that. And I wasn't, I didn't prepare this question ahead of time. That's why I'm kind of stumbling through it. But do you feel like it's your responsibility, to a certain extent, to talk to the press and and to be to be available when things are not going well, just as much as when things are going well?
0: Yeah, it's our job, and you know that's kind of how I, uh, how I was raised in all aspects of life. You know, you can't just be there when things are great. You know, you got to be able to, you got to be able to talk through the tough times as well, whether it's baseball or relationships or you yeah. know, whatever it may be. You got to be available to, to, to get through those tough times as well and discuss it. And um, it's just an important, just as important as when things are going great, is to talk through when things are going bad and. Um, like we just talked about that's fans want to know that and they want to hear that. And um, I, I got no problem telling you guys why I'm struggling or why, you know, this yeah. is happening and why that happened. And, you know, it's, we're not perfect. Nobody's perfect. And, um, you know, I, even though sometimes people might expect us to be perfect, it's, it's not that easy. So I got
1: no problem talking to you guys through why. One of my favorite memories with you was when you were in the 31 game hitting streak and it was into the twenties. And of course we were all around your locker before the game every day. And I remember one time you came out and said, remember what I said yesterday, same thing, just run it again. And it, that may not be it exactly, but you were, you realized we all had a job to do. You wanted to focus on preparing for the game, but you, you had fun with it. And I think that goes back to the thing, enjoying the whole process of being a professional ball player for sure
0: for sure I mean people uh with the 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 history thing you know I I decided about that 20-ish game mark that when you guys kept showing up every day I was like well you know there's that whole idea of jinxing it by talking about it and I was like well I don't I guess I don't have a choice but to talk about it. So <laughs> I kind of tried to do it the opposite and just go full speed and embrace it. And, um, you know, it worked for a little while. You know, I, I, I broke the record by a game. And then I guess that was all I wanted to do because I went like 0 for 6 in my 32nd game. So I, uh, but yeah, that was a, that was a fun stretch. And um, I think I got, well, like a four gamer going right now. So got to
1: start somewhere, right? There you go. And obviously we're recording this the night or the day of the night you're going to hit 500 consecutive games played. And and so this will let people know we don't we don't do these live. We record them and and release them. And so they'll be able to figure out when that is. You know, I've I've spoken to a lot of players through the years and the pat answer is that stats don't mean anything as long as the team is winning. But, you know, we were just talking about one of those situations where stats mean something. To you what why are stats important to you whether it's the 500 consecutive games or the hitting streak or leading the league in base hits and stolen bases in the same season why are those stats important they're
0: important after the fact I guess uh, I honestly don't don't dig into it a whole lot um, during the season times I do are actually like excuse me um, right now when I'm when I'm been kind of going numbers wise haven't had the best start to to a season and um I'll dig into it when I because my numbers aren't great but I felt really good you know I'll look at it like all right what's 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 happening here um is it something I'm doing is it just bad luck is it you know a mixture of some things and um so that's that's kind of when I I dig into it uh but you know there's so much information out there now with the way baseball is and the analytics and all this crap frankly you know i really yeah. don't like a lot of it um that it's, it's it can overwhelm you and it can consume you so i stay away for it, from it for the most part um you know but the end, at the end of the season that's that's how we keep getting jobs and how we yeah. get paid for our jobs uh, so you know there's a point where they become important, but if, if you get caught up in it throughout the course of this 162 games, it can it can drown you. So I do yeah. my best to stay away from it.
1: Okay. I want to switch gears a little bit. You had a chance to explore free agency. I, if my numbers are correct or my dates are correct, it would have been after this season. But a couple of years ago you signed a contract that keeps you in Kansas City through 2023 with a mutual option for 2024. It, am I correct with that? Um, sort of. I mean, we, we signed a deal in
0: 2019 going into 2019. Um, but it was just pretty much a guaranteed number, uh, that took, uh, took away my arbitration years. Okay. Uh, so had I not done it, I still this would, been, this would have been my year three arbitration. Um, but I felt at the time it was something that was interested, interesting to me, uh, because of what we went through the first part of the season with the work stoppage.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, this would have been my year three arbitration year, which would have been my biggest salary year had I gone through the process. Um, and there was that risk of having a work stoppage and missing that year. So I decided when uh, we talked to the team, you know, we kind of valued what my arbitration numbers might look like, um, took some guaranteed money to, uh, potentially, you know, maybe save the team some money, um, move moved some of the money forward to protect myself from uh, this year. Uh, and COVID hit, so yeah. that plan didn't turn out as as well as I was hoping. Um, but then with that initial contract, there was a team option for next year, and that would have been, you know, into my first year of free agency this past offseason. Um, you know, we approached the team about going ahead and, and picking up that option, uh, which they uh, thought was a good idea. So we did that. And so now I'm under contract through next year. So that's kind of how that all played out.
1: How much of it was – or how much did did it enter the question of staying in Kansas City? Uh, you know, we, we talked about George earlier. We referred to George. We didn't talk about him by name, but, you know, it's pretty rare for a player to play his entire career these days, at least with one franchise, did that enter into your decision at all? Or was it strictly a weighing the pluses and minuses of the guarantees versus the uncertainty? Well, I've loved my
0: time in Kansas city. I love the people here and and everything about uh, Kansas city, but. Especially um, the media, right? Especially the media. Yeah. You guys are great. (laughs) Um, But, but yeah, just from a, Business standpoint, uh, it felt like something that was the right thing to do. Um, we felt the team was going to pick up the option next year. We felt like that was uh, pretty much certainty at this point. Um, so you know, instead of piddling around with it, we just said, "Let's go ahead and get it done." Uh, that way, I wouldn't have to worry about it. Um, I won't have to think about it, I guess, yeah. during during this year, and um, and we did so. That was that was kind of how it went down.
1: Yeah. I'm not asking you to commit to anything, but do you see yourself as the type of player that would stay with a team for an entire career if everything else is equal? I want to win, frankly. I want
0: to win. Um,
1: I haven't been, in,
0: I haven't had many chances to win at the big league, big league level, um, and I, I, I'm yearning for it. I'm itching. I'm itching to play in the fall and. Um, I, I've, I've believed for a while that Kansas city has the ability to do that. And um, as long as I still believe that and um, the front office and the coach and staff, you know, believe that as well. Uh, I can see myself, you know, being here for the longevity of my career, but, you know, if, if that uh, ever seems further away, then, then I think it is, uh, you know, that might be something that we, we, we need to revisit but you know yeah. for now i i love kansas city uh, i've really enjoyed my time here but at the end of the day, at the end of the day um yeah, i want to play fall baseball
1: and and if you could write the perfect script you would come come to bat in the bottom of the last inning with a chance to hit a single to end the world series just like what happened in 2010 just real quick tell me about your it's 12 years ago now hard to believe yeah how much does that memory come back to you on a regular basis? Just tell me, t- tell us a little bit how that feels.
0: Every time South Carolina is brought up, you know, those, those memories come, flood, come flooding back. So it's still to this day, you know, I've been fortunate to be in the big leagues for a while and do some cool things up here. But uh, just that moment and what that meant to our university and, and that town, um, it's still the biggest moment in my baseball career uh, to be fortunate to be in that situation um, and come up, come through, you know, something that every kid dreams about. So it was, uh, it was, it was a great
1: memory and something I'll, I'll cherish forever. I'd like to wrap up with two things. First of all, talk about your family and I feel like I know your family and Royals fans know your family because of how often uh, Ryan and Rex, Talk about him. Your dad is kind of the moonlight Graham of the 1980s, spending a lot of time in the minors, finally making a big league team, but never having a stat. Um, just talk about your family. I know you're married now and and siblings, things like that. Yeah, I grew up in a baseball
0: era. Not not even baseball, just a sports family. My dad's job was in college sports when I was young, and uh, my mom was a tennis player. Um I mean, frankly, baseball was probably my third favorite sport in my whole life. Uh, might still be, you know, f- actually might be fourth now with golf, but <laughs> I love, I love basketball and I love football, um, especially college sports. Um, it's just, it, it's, it's been my passion for forever and um, wasn't big enough to really play football or, or basketball. Um, wasn't good enough either, um, but
1: other than Baseball. that, it would have been a perfect opportunity.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Baseball kind of took over. But um, yeah, obviously, with dad being a, a professional player for, I think, six or seven years in the minor leagues and um, being in the Hall of Fame at Wake Forest, I mean, he was he was a great player and he's taught me everything about this game. I credit where I'm at. You know, I, I give 90% of the credit to him, um, 10% to, you know, people, other people along the way. But Um. yeah, I've just been very fortunate to have been blessed with this skill set that I have and and, um, have the people in my life to help guide me to be in the position that I'm at right now. And siblings? Yeah, I got a brother and sister. I got a 21-year-old brother um, who's at Wake Forest, played baseball for a couple years, and um, is just the life of every party that he's at. And a sister who fights him. For that spotlight at every party, she's 30 year old realtor in uh, Charlotte. Actually, she's 29. She'll be 30 next month. So, um, yeah, great family. Love them all to death. Talk to them daily, and uh, just you know, they're they're always around. They were our last series in Baltimore, um, Texas. You know, they. I'm fortunate to have a great support system and uh, an awesome family.
1: And I'm told from people who know your wife that you outpunted your coverage. Uh, so, just talk about her. I did. Yeah, we we actually met
0: in uh, when I was in tenth grade, and uh, it's it's been cool to to have somebody by my side um, to experience every, pretty much from the time we started growing up to now. You know, we've been through everything together, um, the highs and the lows between my careers and her career, and um, yeah, it's awesome having someone like that, that, that you could share all these memories with. So she's the best. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know how I'd be here if I didn't have her support for sure.
1: I, I have, have a real good friend that says, if you're going to overachieve at one thing in life, choosing a spouse is a good choice. So no doubt. I, I certainly did. I met my wife in, in summer between first and second grade. Uh, her family moved to our church and we've known each other. We've been married 41 years and known each other for 56. So uh, I'm blessed as well. I always wrap up with this, and you can interpret the question however you want. Answer it whatever direction you want. What is your legacy? Uh, my
0: legacy is just our relationships that, that I build with with teammates. Um, you know, I that's what that's what people remember. Um, that's what people miss when they leave this game. They don't miss the games. They don't miss the at bats and the hits, and they they miss hanging in the clubhouse with the guys and and going to dinner and um, just building relationships and so um I try my best to to be a yes man you know when when someone says hey you want to go grab, grab breakfast you know I, I whether I need to feel like I needed to sleep in that day or not you know I try to do my best to, to always make that happen just because um, I think that's what it's all about so I think that'd be that's my legacy is I just want to be able to have those
1: relationships and have lasting relationships with with people that I've met along the way. All right. Great way to wrap up with. I appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. Go get another win tonight and I'll see you next week. All right. Appreciate it.
0: Thanks for listening to sports connections with David Smale. Make sure to subscribe, follow and rate the show from your favorite podcast platform. You can learn more about David Smale and his work by visiting davidsmailbooks.com. Don't forget to join us weekly for new episodes until next time.